This morning's scripture reading is found in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. If you're using the Pew Bible in front of you, it will be found on page 1,542. Again, this morning's passage is in Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Matthew chapter 7, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate. Again, verse 13. Enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide, and the way is easy that leads to destruction. And those who enter by it are many. For the gate is narrow and the way is hard that leads to life, and those who find it are few. Beware of false prophets who come to you in sheep's clothing, but are inwardly are ravenous wolves. You will recognize them by their fruits and grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from thorn bushes. So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the diseased tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruit, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. This is the word of the Lord. Please be seated. We make decisions every day. Some of them might be routine decisions that have little to long-term consequences. However, there are decisions that we make that have lasting impact. I remember when I was a freshman in college, An insurance man contacted me and wanted to to meet up with me so that he could explain to me how I need life insurance. I was a young 18-year-old. Didn't have any idea about life insurance. Um, And I met up uh, with uh, this man. He explained to me that uh, as I will get older that uh, life insurance is going to be much more expensive. That as a young age, I could get a really special deal. Yes. And not only will I be covered by life insurance, but I'm going to be entering into a very special savings program where he promised that I will receive a large sum of money at the time of my retirement. Wow. I said, wow, that's, that's enticing. That sounds pretty good. It, it, it kind of makes sense to me. It, it seems to be the right thing to do. And um, there before me, I had to make a decision. As a young man, uh, I thought I figured it out all by myself, didn't need any kind of consultation. 
I went ahead and purchased that life insurance policy. Well, you know, this uh, decision uh, led me to waste a lot of money uh, uh, through that process. You know, Jesus approached all of us with two choices. And our final decision of that choice will have lasting impact. You know, as we continue in our studies from the Sermon on the Mount, there are choices that Jesus posed to his disciples as well as to us. Two kinds of gates. There's the wide gate and the narrow gate. And what appears to be good on the outside will not be that good on the inside. And many times we are deceived by what we what might be trendy and popular, and we choose accordingly. If you have your Bibles, please turn to Matthew chapter 7, beginning verse 13. Now, the context of this passage refers back to the true kingdom righteousness. We've been talking about that for the past several months. We've seen that the key verse in this whole sermon goes back to Matthew 5.20, where the righteous of God requested is not what the Pharisees or the scribes were offering, which were external actions. Now, throughout the Sermon on Mount, Jesus corrects the religious leaders by stating that the righteousness of God accepts comes from the heart. Jesus makes it clear to his listener that their choices had eternal consequences. As we talk about gates, a gate is an entrance into a particular place. And here we see there are two gates that are being referred to, the wide gate and the narrow gate. Which one truly leads to righteousness? Which one allows us to enter into the kingdom of God? Well, let's look at each of these gates more carefully. Let's start with the wide gate in verse 13. It says, enter by the narrow gate, for the gate is wide and the way is easy that leads to destruction, and those who enter by it are many. We see the word why carries the understanding of spaciousness, suggests a big appearance in size as well as in width. See, the gate is why. It makes it easy to enter. In addition, it goes on and says that the way is easy. We tend to choose the path of least resistance. It's simpler to enter this way. It does not require that much effort. It does not require that much cost. And this really shows the deceitfulness. De- 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 
of sin. It might look attractive on the outside, but truly, it is deadly on the inside. There are many that choose this Y entrance as well as this easy way. It appears to be the popular way to go. Or in our modern day, we might say it's, it's a trendy way to go. Everybody's doing it. I better jump in and do it too so I don't miss out on all the excitement. You know, as we read our Facebook or Twitter, to pe people want to follow what is trendy, what is popular. Everyone wants to be in the in crowd. That's how we figure we will be accepted by others. What is the crowd? Always correct. Do not be deceived. The crowd tends to follow the ways of the world. It will definitely provide us with righteousness. It will not provide us uh, with the righteousness to enter into the kingdom of God. The fact that everybody does it is no proof that they are doing the right thing. What is really most important is the final destination of this path. What is going to happen at the very end of the road? And we see here in verse 13, it says that it leads to destruction. This wide path may provide some temporary pleasure, but it will lead to destruction. In other words, it will lead to eternal condemnation. One of my um, good friends who was very ambitious, and nothing wrong with being ambitious, but he desired to be successful in his business. And the world taught him that he needs to work hard. He needs to make a lot of money. And then he'll be successful. And he chose the Y gate, which was the trendy way to go. He devoted all his time with his career. And as a result, he did exceptionally well. However, um, he, ne he neglected his family as well as he neglected God. He was deceived, believing that life will be great by following the philosophy of this world, which is going through the Y gate which will lead to destruction. His wife divorced him, and he exchanged short-term pleasure for long-term gain. He made a wrong choice to have lasting impact. There are two gates with two ways. We have looked at the Y gate, 
which leads to destruction. Now let us look at the narrow gate. If we again go back to the beginning of verse 13, it starts out with a command to enter the narrow gate. Notice this, this, it's not an option, it is a command to go through that narrow gate, trusting Christ as Savior and living the right kind of life. It's really not an option, it is a command from God. We recognize that the Y gate is trendy, is easy, and it appears, it appears to be attractive to the crowd, but yet it leads to destruction. There's another choice that will lead to life, and that is the narrow gate. Now, the, the word narrowed can also be translated afflicted, and we see that in 2 Corinthians 1.6. When we use the word afflicted, you know, we kind of have this idea of pain, suffering, trouble. That doesn't sound very inviting. And yet we see that uh, Jesus makes it clear that through this way might be hard, might be difficult, might be challenging, yet it will lead to life. Jesus uh, compares the wide gate with the narrow gate. Again, the wide gate might be trendy, easy, and many might choose to go that way, but it will lead to destruction. And yet, we see here in contrast, in the narrow gate, although it might be hard and difficult, um, it will lead to life. Few might choose that way, but that is the right path. The question before us is, does the benefit, is it, is it worth the cost? We might weigh the pros and cons as we make these important decisions. May we not be deceived by just looking at short-term gain instead of long-term gain. What might appear to be good value short-term is actually a terrible choice in the long run. God uh, has blessed Ellie and I to, uh, with our fourth grandchild recently. Uh, we're particularly excited uh, because it's, uh, it's our first grandson uh, who recently turned two months. And his name is Toby. And you know, as uh, young parents, uh, they are sleep deprived. Uh, walking around like zombies. Uh, they crave to get their first four hours of sleep. Well, to, uh, my son's pediatrician suggested uh, uh, that uh, they sleep train Toby at two months. That was a kind of a difficult decision. 
because the process of sleep training is not a fun thing to do. It tests your will, it tests your endurance as parents. And what it basically involves is letting the baby cry to fall asleep on their own and not having to pick him or her up. Uh, it could be tough, difficult, uh, but uh, my son decided um, that uh, it's a good choice to sleep train Toby now. My daughter-in-law has a sensitive heart, and uh, she cannot stand hearing her baby cry extensively. Uh, therefore, my son decided to send uh, his wife and daughter to stay with us for a few days. <laughs> um, while he sleep trained his son. Um, it was a, a difficult path, but he chose it and, and it gave him uh, long-term consequences. We see that many parents might choose to go the easy way, choosing to, to have short-term gain over long-term return. If the, if the baby cries in the middle of the night, well, just pick him up and bring him to bed. Uh, it'll quiet him up pretty quickly, and it works every time. The baby loves to sleep with the parents, but in the long run, the baby learns bad habits, and he will have harder time sleeping on his own. As a result, the parents pay a steep price, in the long run, they will lose much more sleep. They'll be disturbed much more, although it might be convenient in the beginning. If they see themselves accepting short-term gain over long-term gain. May we choose the narrow gate which gives life. When we talk about gate, it reminds me of Jesus, who claims that he is the gate. In John chapter 10, verse 7, he says, Therefore Jesus said again, I tell you the truth, I am the gate for the sheep. The shepherd would direct the sheep into the fold through the narrow gate or the entrance. And after all the sheep are gone inside in safety, then uh, we see the shepherd lies down at the entrance. See, there wasn't a real gate. The shepherd was the gate. He is the gate. No one can enter in unless it goes through the gate, which is the shepherd or Jesus Christ. Jesus has also said that I am the way, the truth, and the life, and no man comes to the Father but through me. Again, in John 10, 9, he says, I am the gate, and whoever enters through me will be saved. 
See, Jesus is that narrow gate that will lead to life. And God promised to those that enters the narrow gate will receive eternal life. In John 5, 24, it says, Truly, truly, I say to you, whoever hears my word and believes him who sent me has eternal life. He does not come to judgment, but has passed from death to life. And because we as sinners, we stand condemned. The penalty of sin is death. Either we had to pay that penalty or someone else had to pay that penalty on our behalf. And Jesus loves us so much that he came to die on the cross to pay that penalty of sin for us. And three days later, he rose again, showing that God's accepted what he has done on our behalf. And God promised to all those that place their personal faith in Christ by entering in through that narrow gate that we will be saved and that we will have eternal life. This choice was some people consider it to be hard because it is not the world's um, perspective and, and the world does not accept this way, but it will lead to life instead of destruction. Jesus is commanding us to enter the narrow gate. If you haven't done so, would you do that today? You can enter into the kingdom of God by placing your trust in Jesus. You know, everyone um, of us needs to choose wisely. Jesus here, in the next couple of verses, warns us of false prophets that will disguise themselves to come along our side to deceive us and to mislead us from the path of righteousness. These influencers or convincers want to trick us. Are we able to spot them? Let us see what Jesus has to say about this. As we continue this passage in Matthew chapter 7, let's look at verse 15. Beware of false prophets who comes to you in sheep clothing, but inwardly are ravages wolves. This, is, this, this, this word here in the very beginning, it says to be, beware. It says, whoa, take note. It's dangerous as we, you, you move forward. Be cautious. Pay attention. Now, this is an urgent warning. Who are we to be aware of? False prophets. Prophets are respected. They were the spokesmen of God. But yet, uh, we see that Jesus condemns certain kinds of prophets. The fake prophets. The false prophets. 
they do not represent God. We know that some of the prophets are true prophets and some of them are false prophets. And Jesus um, condemned those Pharisees, those religious leaders. They were false prophets. And as we look at today's, uh, we also need to be careful. Uh, those false prophets might be pastors, ministers, small group leaders, teachers. Jesus warns his disciples that there are false prophets among them, that they are to be careful and not to be deceived. Well, the first description of false prophets as we see is that uh, they have disguised appearance. They look good on the outside, but it is only a disguise to deceive the gullible. They come in sheep's clothing. They look innocent and friendly. And when we relax and put our defense down, um, we are going to be attacked by them. Not only do we see them putting on disguise, disguise appearance, but also another description of them is by their destructive ability. Do not be deceived by the outward appearance. What will look good on the outside might not be so true on the inside. What is on the inside of a false prophet is a desire to destroy. They are various wolves. When you to look at a pack of wolves together, they can cause major damage. They have the ability to, to rip animals apart. This, this adjective here speaks of someone that is uh, hungry, starving, and just uh, famished. They're out to destroy. And many tends to follow people that uh, might, be, might have charismatic personality or eloquent speech because of this outward attractiveness, people might be willing to follow them. And we need to be careful. Uh, we need to take a look at what's going on inside of those individuals. We need to understand what might be the motive that's causing them to do what they do. Because they disguise themselves so that they could uh, build up trust uh, with us. And when we are not on guard, uh, they could come and destroy us. I assure you that they will not uh, be uh, dressed in a uh, devil's 
outfit and carrying a pitchfork, uh, they come in disguise. Now that we understand uh, what a false prophet might look like, is there a test that will help us truly identify these false prophets? And as we look at the next couple of verses, we do see that. If we choose to go through the narrow gate, we must be willing to make some sacrifices. There's nothing that is precious that does not have a cost. If we travel through the narrow gate, we must be willing to give up the sins of the world. One of the questions that we might want to ask is, did my profession of faith in Christ cost me anything? Well, surely that we are saved by faith and faith alone in Christ, but are we willing to follow the ways of God? If we truly believe, then we will trust the Lord to help us to leave our bad habits behind. Through time, an evidence of a saved person is changed life. Many people to, who claim to trust Christ will never leave the ways of the world might not necessarily be saved. A true test is by the fruit. Let's read verses 16 and 20. You will recognize them by their fruits. Are grapes gathered from thorn bushes or figs from vessels? So every healthy tree bears good fruit, but the disease tree bears bad fruit. A healthy tree cannot bear bad fruits, nor can a diseased tree bear good fruit. Every tree that does not bear good fruit is cut down and thrown into the fire. Thus you will recognize them by their fruits. The bottom line is that true faith in Christ will result in changed lives. In other words, true faith should produce fruit that glorifies God. If we're children of God, then we should reflect character of God. We do not need to be perfect. Definitely we're human, we're still sinful. But we're to resemble God's righteousness. See, a healthy tree should bear good fruit. And a diseased tree will definitely bear bad fruit. What kind of fruit do we see in those that are influencing us? What kind of fruit not only do we see in them, but we should take a look at ourselves. You know, are we bearing? Good fruit can only come from a healthy tree. 
and bad fruit can only come from a diseased tree. Sure, there might be a season where no fruit might be produced. However, if, if it consistently does not produce fruit, then it might be an evidence that the tree might be diseased. May we not be deceived by false prophets. Do we see changed lives in them? If not, uh, we need to be cautious following them. They might be false prophets. Are they pointing people to themselves or are they pointing people to Christ? Are they exploiting people or are they building people up? We ask ourselves of these questions and not follow blindly. In addition, we need to kind of take a closer look at ourselves too. Did we make a decision to follow Christ? And if we did, do we see changed lives? In us. If not, we need to turn our lives over to Christ. He is able to save us, He's able to change us inside out. This journey might not necessarily be the most trendy or most popular way, but it will lead to life. Does God promise that? May we not be deceived by the devil who uses false prophets, uses influencers or convincers that he brings into our path to persuade us to listen to them. May we not just choose the trendiest or easiest path, which is that Y gate that leads to destruction. Instead, uh, may we to enter the narrow gate, which leads to life. For this choice will have lasting, eternal impact in our life. Let's bow, out. bow for prayer. Dear Lord, um, we know that we have choices before us. We, we thank you for providing a path for us to have life. Uh, it might not be the trendiest and popular way to go, but we know that the final destination will lead to life. Although we are sinners and are condemned, that you have saved us through Christ. And you promise us not only eternal life, but also abundant life. We can have a changed life, a transformed life, Lord. And many of us have experienced how you have worked in our lives. And Father, to there might be some of us that haven't made that decision.
we place our trust in you. And Lord, we also know to, uh, that there might be false prophets or influencers that are around us. They're trying to trick us. May we pay attention to the kind of fruit that one produces. And only are we to check them out, but may we take a close self-examination of our lives to see what kind of fruit we are bearing. Teach us to trust you constantly for you bring new life to us. In Jesus' name.